All right. Happy Friday, everyone. Today is December 4th, 2020. Uh, man, I feel like I haven't done this in a while. <laughs> but as per usual, uh, we're going to go ahead and start with market updates, what's happening, some headlines. I'm going to update you guys on what I got going on in my personal business. And then uh, last but not least, we've got a lesson uh, at the end. All right. So uh, kind of just beginning per usual, I'm going to start with kind of the basic of uh, showing you guys and, and presenting what the mortgage rate is for this week. The 30-year fix as of December 4th, 6.30 a.m. today. 30-year fixed average interest rate for uh, conventional 30-year fixed rate is 2.92%, uh, uh, APR average being 3.23%. The 20-year fix is 2.83%. 15-year is 2.39%. Um, here's what I find really interesting, right? Aside from just the conventional uh, current fixed rate mortgages across the board, uh, but there's some interesting headlines. So FH, FHFA, um, Recently, as of two days ago, just extended their foreclosure moratorium. Um, so here's the official news that the FHFA, wow, I'm having a really tough time saying that, Wednesday announced the fourth extension uh, of its foreclosure and eviction moratorium through at least a minimum of January 31st. This extension will continue the moratorium on single family foreclosures and real estate owned REO evictions until at least January 31st, 2021. So again, you know, it's the fourth time. It just seems they're kicking the can down the road. Now, my personal thoughts on this is you got to look at the whole picture because not only is there the FHFA moratorium, but there's also the eviction moratorium for all landlords that's expiring December 31st. And then at the same time, you have a lot of these forbearance programs that are becoming due around the same time. So it just seems like they're just trying to kick the can down the road, but at the same time, they're trying to prevent an avalanche of all these things happening at the same time and just Armageddon happening. You know, it's interesting. And I'm going to allude to the lesson uh, for today. It's a quote from Ray Dalio, but I'm going to reference it later, but it references kind of just this topic, right, of, of um, why. Why are we in this situation right now where we have such problems with foreclosures and moratoriums and uh, forbearance programs and just et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, want, I do want to talk about this as well. Uh, the effect of COVID-19 damage to social security. Now, this is a brand new spanking can of worms that I've never really talked about, but man, is it important. So The Hill uh, recently announced an article, which by the way, if you guys haven't seen the live stream that we did this morning uh, for the Clock Builders YouTube channel, I highly encourage you guys to check it out. Um, but here's what's really interesting to me. It says the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office projects that in the aftermath of the pandemic, the trust fund will deplete it's 12, uh, 2.8 trillion reserve over the next decade unless changes are made. Uh, inaction would lead to cuts of 20% or more to benefits starting 2031. So, you know, you talk about the people in their 40s and 50s who, who pay into Social Security. Well, it's talking about how most likely in the next 10 years, um, there's going to be a 20% cut. So think about everything that you put into Social Security being cut by 20% which is crazy. You know, Robert Kiyosaki three years ago, starting three, four years ago, saying that they're going to bankrupt and they're going to deplete social security, period. And that this is going to start to happen. Uh, and I completely bought into that. And if you see kind of what's happening right now, and, and there's now an official article um, coming out saying that because of the pandemic, and by the way, my belief is that the pandemic is just an excuse for um, them to kind of just say, hey, we're depleting social security. I believe Robert is completely right. Robert Kiyosaki, when he said three years ago, they're going to deplete it. He saw the moves. I saw the moves. I saw a lot of, of, of not just moves, but uh, the pieces 
right? When you're looking at monetary and fiscal policy, the pieces being moved towards social security being depleted. And, and it just so happens that, well, there's this pandemic that, you know, fiscal policy can now put blame on in terms of as to why people are not getting the money that they bought into their entire lives. Um, and that's what's sad for me, right? But I mean, just continue to talk to Thread about what's going on right now. I mean, I hate for this weekly update to be really doom and gloom, but um, you guys know me. I'm a very practical person. I believe in truth above all things. Um, but here's kind of where we're at right now, right? So CoreSight is projecting over, over 25,000 stores to be closed before 2020 ends. Now, that is a fact that I've already said on this podcast, um, you know, this weekly update thread. Here's something that I haven't mentioned, that $52 billion for those retailers that haven't closed, that retailers are still in existence um, as of mid-November, right? So literally in a span of eight months, if you're talking really when this whole lockdown pandemic happened, which was March, from mid-March to mid-November, a span of eight months, retailers have racked up existing retailers. These are the ones that have quote-unquote survived, right? These are the ones that are, are, are good. They have racked up $52 billion in missed rent. And bankruptcies are then, of course, expected to rise as we enter 2021. Uh, here's another thing that I found really interesting. So uh, this is before COVID. This is a study done in 2018 by the U.S. Census Bureau. But... 47.5% uh, of all renter households in the United States, uh, which represents 20.8 million households. So 20.8 million households that are paying rent, uh, which represent, again, 47.5% of all renter households in the United States, were already rental cost burdened, meaning uh, that 30% of their household income went towards rent. So if you're making $6,000 a month, then that means that you're about $2,000 is going towards your rent, which for me is bonkers, right? Because if you're making $6,000 a month in rent, and you're making $72,000 a year, a $2,000 apartment is class A. I mean, you're talking about all the nice amenities. I mean, that's phenomenal. That's amazing, right? And in my opinion, like my rule of thumb is your rent should, which should be 20% or lower at all times, right? So, I mean, sure, we've had a rental crisis, right? Affordable housing crisis, which I have my own theory on how to fix. But here's what's scary. 25%. So currently, when the pandemic began, so that's the 2018 numbers. When the pandemic began, 10.9 million renter households, which is 25% of all renter households, were spending over 50% of their monthly income on rent. That blows my mind, meaning that the person making $48,000 a year is paying $2,000 a month in rent. Um, that's ridiculous. And uh, again, I have a quote by Ray Dalio that I'll share at the end. It kind of just ties all this together. But what's really interesting, which um, is presently, mom and pop landlords own 22.7 million out of the, by the way, guys, if you haven't known, uh, there's 48.5 million rental units in the housing market. That's all the United States. That's including single family houses. That's including, um, you know, apartments, a total of 48.5 million rental units in the housing market. So mom and pop landlords, which are not institutional landlords. So that's actually not me. I'm not a mom and pop landlord, right? I own a real estate fund. You know, we, we go after, you know, 90, 100 unit complexes. I am not a mom and pop landlord. I'm talking about 
you know, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, who, you know, they lived in this house for 30 years. Johnny went off to college. They're looking at downsize. So they buy a condo and they rent out, you know, the house. And which, by the way, you know, they're more than able to do. There's a lot of arguments saying that landlords are parasitic. I disagree with that because, you know, landlords provide a ton of value in terms of, well, if you need something fixed, guess who takes care of it? You know, guess who takes care of the taxes, the insurance, et cetera, et cetera, right? There's a, it's just people are genuinely not educated in today's society about this aspect. But regardless, um, so they're saying that 22.7 million out of 48.5 million which by the way is 47% of all rental units is owned by mom and pop. Uh, by the way, out of all those mom and pop landlords, more than 58%, about 58% of those mom and pop landlords do not have access to any lines of credit or cash that might help them in an emergency. Meaning that if a tenant were to move out and they're not able to pay rent for two months or three months, uh, they're done. Like they're, they're, they're going to have a big, big, big problem. If they have a mortgage, guess what? They can't pay it. And that's scary because you're talking about 10.9, right? I mean, you're talking about numbers that are, are people are already cost burdened on their rent. So it's like, it's both sides that are suffering. So more than half, so 58% of 47% of all rental units in the United States, which in my opinion comes to about a quarter. Meaning 25% of all rental, that's about 12 million rental units in the United States in which those landlords do not have the cash or credit to help them in an emergency situation. For me, that's scary. That's really, really scary. Um, and expected 1.3 million American households are expected to be behind on their rent and they will owe about 7.2 billion in rent by the end of 2020. So again, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, as I predicted, as I mentioned before on our YouTube channels and, on, and here on the, on the thread, um, I think there's going to be a big issue with displacements, huge issue with displacements, because, well, if, you know, 12 million rental units, um, and let's say just half, just half of those have a mortgage, which by the way, it's a higher number than half. Um, I think like literally only a third of landlords actually own their property outright, uh, which is, you know, crazy. But anyways, um, it might be less than that. But anyways, you're talking about, you know, let's say just half. So 6 million, 6 million displacements. That's ridiculous. I don't know if the market can handle that. Um, that's a big question that I, that I really have. So it'd be very interesting. Stay tuned, right? Because there's a lot of things that are going to be happening and, and I'll be here to report those things to you guys. All right. So my week has been great. Uh, I went to Vegas. There's a guy named Brad Lee who's, who's very popular. Uh, he has a podcast called Dropping Bombs. And I think he gets about 125,000 um, listens per podcast episode, which is crazy. That's awesome. But I was on that podcast. We went, my wife, I took my wife with because she um, loves traveling with me and I got to get her TSA pre. By the way, if, you, if you're listening to this and you don't have TSA pre, get TSA pre. It's, it's so worth it, especially if you fly as much as I do, which I fly about once or twice every month, uh, which recently has been a lot more than that. But, you know, if you fly, it's so worth it, right? But anyways, so we went there, went there on Tuesday, did the podcast on Wednesday. Go follow Bradley, by the way. I think his Instagram handle is the real Bradley. And uh, the podcast link should be there. And then we, I came back yesterday, flew in at 1 p.m., spent another eight hours at the office. And um, now I'm here We're working all day. And this, it's just fun stuff. So we got our seed capital secured for my company, Miati Partners. Spoke to a couple sellers today. We're getting some deals in the wraps. It's very exciting. I'm actually going to be in Orlando next week. So they, there will not be a weekly update next week. 
sorry, I'll be in uh, Orlando with my team doing some cool assessments, planning out the year for 2021, which if you guys are interested in investing in the fund, um, we're doing a preferred return of about 20%. So if that's something that you're interested in, email me at daniel at the clock uh, But other than that, we recorded a video um, for YouTube. It's a new show that we're coming out. It's a real estate show where people call in and my brother and I, we give some good insights. It's premiering on December 9th. So please guys, it really helps us out with the YouTube algorithm. Um, if once the video releases, you go watch it, you like it, it'll really help us out. And we're trying to um, show people, right? The real deal. Um, one of the things that, that really irks me is like these gurus that make real estate seem really as, as easy as possible. And it's not like real estate's very, um, it's, it's not complicated. It's simple, but it's not easy for sure. Uh, and we want to be able to show people the real deal and, and what people need to be at a level at for, for them to be successful. So it's releasing uh, December 9th, Wednesday, 6 PM. So I, I, again, I encourage you guys it'll really help us out a lot. It'd be, it'd be great. All right. Um, quote, Lesson for the week, uh, it's a quote by Ray Dalio, and he said that in relation to a 2008 crash, and he says to me along the lines of just because it's available doesn't mean you should use it. And it kind of ties in back to what we talked about, what the statistics on, um, you know, rent, right? That people are paying 30%, 50% of their income on rent. Um, and I get it, you know, everyone deserves to live in a nice place. I understand, but, um, you know, at the same time, we, we can't be fiscally irresponsible, um, you know, it's, it's, it's up to us to be good stewards of our resources and our finances and, and be smart just because it's available. doesn't mean you should use it, you know? Um, and, and that's a lesson that I sorely learned. I, I remember when I was like 19 years old, I was so bad with money. I remember I got my first credit card and the limit was like a thousand bucks and I like spent it up to the max. Cause it's like, well, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's a credit. I'm able to use it. So I'm going to spend it. So I like spend it on like food, clothes, things that don't produce income for me, which my lesson today is like, if you're going to have debt, have that debt work for you, you know, always invest in the stuff that, you know, pays you income. So like I get a lot of people, even today, right? Like after I learned that lesson and, and I became much wiser and smarter in that regard, I have a lot of people today. It's like, Daniel, like you make a lot of money. Like, why are you not driving a Ferrari or why are you not driving a BMW or a Mercedes? Because, well, my car is not making me money, you know? And I think this is something that a lot of kids today really need to learn. Like, I, I see, like, I scroll through Instagram and, um, you know, TikTok, and I see a lot of these kids who, like, are obsessed with these brands and, and cars and living in a nice house. Guys, I'll be very honest with you. I look at the analytics of this podcast. I don't have a ton of listeners compared to, like, our YouTube channel, so I feel more comfortable um, but I, I, I do very well for myself financially, but never will I ever buy a nice mansion or, or, or Ferrari or anything like that, because at the end of the day, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't produce more income. It doesn't help more people. Um, so for a lot of you guys listening, if you're in your late teens or you, you're a parent of, of teenagers or you're, you have a daughter or son that's you know, in their late teens or early 20s, really encourage them, have that conversation with them about finances and being smart and investing wisely and stewarding resources properly. Um, I mean, I encourage them to check out our YouTube channel and, and listen to this weekly update, you know, but if they don't do it now, they'll never do it. If anything, now is a time, if you're a late teen or your early twenties, where you as a parent or you as the 19 year old or 22 year old to start developing these habits that are going to last with you for a long, long time. Um, and I always say habits are nothing like habits have no power unless they have time on their side. So it's a great thing to do it now. If you're a parent, like 
super duper encourage individuals and um, their kids to think this way and to be independent in doing so. You know, like one of the things I really like get pet peeves about, and I think it's because my parents did it to me, but like parents who don't let their kids be kids and like parents who don't give them their kids independence. Like I'm really happy that like as soon as I turned 18, my parents gave me all the independence in the world because I would not be where I'm at today if, you know, my parents were like asking me every single thing of what I heard, listened to and all this stuff. Like, I don't know. I, I just, I don't see a lot of successful creators coming out of that environment. But anyways, uh, appreciate you guys all. I uh, love you guys all. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Hope everything's well. I will not see you next week, but the week after that, I'll probably do something. But anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to very rant heavy weekly update this week. Um, hope all is well. See you guys. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, Daniel Kwok here once again. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the First Deal Experience Podcast. If you're wanting to do your first ever deal or scale your existing portfolio, I recently wrote a book to show you how I went from zero to 75 rental units in just one year. Just head over to zero to 75 units.com for your copy. Again, that's zero to 75 units.com.